welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves, just as He is pure. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week, Russell Davis, who is not only a Sunday school teacher at our church, but also a Marietta attorney, told me a story of a miracle he was right in the middle of. Russell was representing a woman who had been in a car accident. Many of us have been in car accidents. I've been in more than one car accident. The best result of a car accident is that it only ruins your day. The worst result of a car accident is that someone loses their life. Russell's client was in a car accident that resulted in the death of another woman, a grandmother who was a mentor to young women in her church, who started an international prayer hotline and also founded many mission efforts, one which helped people during the big ups and downs of life, which she named Road to Damascus. You know the road to Damascus story in the Bible. It's, it's told with the most detail in the book of Acts, where Paul, then a persecutor of Christians, is struck blind. This blindness is not a curse, but a step on his spiritual journey where he meets, where he meets Jesus who asks him, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? Blind and helpless, a disciple named Ananias invites him into his house where Paul is fed and cared for, which is a great sign of Christian love and hospitality considering how Ananias knew Paul to be not the saint we now know in Scripture, but one who arrested his friends, terrorized his community, and helped to stone one of his fellow disciples. But back to the miracle in Russell's courtroom. He was defending the driver who lived while the family of the woman who died were on the other side of the courtroom. They were visibly distraught, not only mourning the loss of a saintly woman, but they were angry and anger needs a place to go, so they were angry with the woman who caused the accident. Russell, being a saintly man himself, could relate According to him, the key to retaining your humanity in the legal profession is the ability to feel someone else's pain. Russell felt the pain of this grieving family, but in his client's defense, he said, 
to your mother, to, if your mother were still with us, she would be among the first to support and to care for my client, to hug her and comfort her and let her know it was all okay because she is now in a better place. My client is brokenhearted over this accident which took your mother's life, but what I want you to recognize is that this accident did not happen on Memorial Drive in Decatur, Georgia, as the police report reads. Considering the character of the deceased and the change in heart of my client, this accident occurred on the road to Damascus. Now, not every closing argument turns into a sermon, but this one did. And truly, that accident occurred on the road to Damascus, for just as Paul received grace from Ananias, so Russell's client received grace from that deceased woman's family. Christ was also there in that courtroom for inspired by his closing argument. The mourning family went from thoughts of punishment and revenge to inviting Russell's client to their church. They provided her with a ride to get there. When she arrived at the church in her Uber, they welcomed her in. They embraced her as she arrived. And just as it happened with Paul, Russell's client was baptized and became a member of that family of faith. As a preacher of the gospel... It is my honor to hear stories like that from time to time. Some would call such a moment a coincidence, while I call it God at work in the world. But on this All Saints Sunday, think with me, not only about how Jesus walks beside us, but how the memory of one woman's faithfulness influenced events in a courtroom even after she died tragically in that car accident. Think with me today about those who are robed in white, who have come out of the great ordeal already, who will hunger and thirst no more, for they are before the throne of God in that place where God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This morning, I call on you to remember the saints and how they lived. And I don't just mean remember with me Bill Fogarty's smile, which was so bright and so warm that it could melt snow, or John Wells and his bow ties, which are definitely worth remembering. What I'm talking about today as how at his funeral last December, Bill Fogarty's daughter, Jean, read from 2 Timothy. She read, as for me, I'm already being poured out as a libation and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. My friends, we have much to learn from a man who lived in such a way 
that his daughter felt inspired to read this scripture lesson on the moment of his funeral, that his life inspired her to read those words. Sometimes I worry that at my funeral, Lily and Cece, our daughters, are going to stand up in the pulpit to say when he, came, when he came home stressed, we knew it because he would use his preacher voice inside the house. That's the giveaway. That's the giveaway that my body is not at home but still here. If those who have gone on could speak with us today, how would they tell us to live? Would they tell us that we worry too much? Would they tell us that we get distracted all the time? Would they tell us that we are enslaved by anxiety over factors that we cannot control? Would they tell us that we spend too much money on stuff that's only going to end up out in a yard sale? My grandmother, who died a few years ago, used to tell my mom that she used to say, Kathy, when I die, if you dare take all my stuff out of my house and put it in the front yard for a yard sale, I will haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> but so it is with stuff and the stuff that we accumulate. So it is with life and the way we spend our precious days. Would those who have already gone on, would they not tell us that our days are numbered? So spend the moments that you have loving those who matter the most. Today we remember the likes of Judy Williams, who so looked forward to her granddaughter's high school graduation that it's all that she could talk about as though her granddaughter's graduation were the most important event of the year. Was she wrong? Oh, remember with me Bill Payton this morning. If you ever walk into the choir room, you'll see a plaque there listing those members who sang with our church choir for 50 years. There are only three names on that list. Bill Payton is one of him, one of them. And these days, there, his grandson Carl can be seen in the choir loft following in his footsteps. My friends, think with me about how the saints spent their time. And if they had the time that we have now, how would they use it? How many cards would Flora Speed send if she had more time to tell people how much she loved them? What would Bob and Betty Bomar do with a little bit more time? Would those two who died within months of each other not tell us who are married to spend more time loving one another just as well? What would they do with more time? Think with me of, of Karen Davis, who fed every stray cat in her neighborhood. Or Don Mills, who from his hospital bed at A.G. Rhodes told his friends how much he loved them. Or Skip Zerung, whose children and grandchildren remembered him so well in their eulogies because he knew where to spend his time. Not in front of the TV, but in people. My friends, today we remember those who have gone on. Faith Adamson, 
Don Goldberg, Joe Johnson, Doris Kitchens, Bill Majoris, Anel Martin, Ann Ray, Carol Watkins, Ron Young. How did they live? And how would they have us live out our days? I can just see Bill Majoris driving Wanda Reese to Thursday Bible study. And I can almost hear Jean Reed's voice as she told me stories of her days as a code breaker during World War II. And I think of my friend Leo. Leo would invite me over for lunch at his house. A few years ago, I developed a sensitivity to beef and pork. Leo would invite me over for lunch and I'd have to tell him that I was on a special diet so he'd prepare for me a spread of chicken salad, shrimp salad, crab salad. <laughs> for such was his hospitality. It was all beef and pork free. That was the way Leo welcomed me into his home. And so it has been for all the saints who have now been welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. My friends, we do not know what it will be exactly. We only know who will be there with us, who will welcome us when we get there. Know that the great cloud of witnesses goes on before us and they will welcome us there when our time comes. Yet now, today, Following their example, let us embody the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us embody that love and grace to one another while we still have the time. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.